What's up, everybody? It's Bo here with another Rings of Power TV talk. The actual, the end of the season for this week. So I this is obviously coming out a little bit later than I normally do. My goal throughout this season was to react almost instantly after watching an episode. And, you know, I'm kind of glad I didn't do that this time because had I done that, I would have instantly you know, been like, oh, you know, this was such a great finale and yada, yada, yada. It would have been really, really positive. And it's not that it's not positive, but I'm, I'm glad that I actually had the chance to kind of think about this series as a whole prior to sitting down and just sharing a couple of thoughts. So it's been discussed a lot that there's some inconsistencies with the way in which they're portraying kind of Middle Earth and this era and that, like where it falls on the timeline. And there's been some different schools of thought around whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing. I feel that as we kind of come to this, the conclusion of this first season, that is actually probably one of the most brilliant aspects of this series is that even folks who are like diehard Tolkien scholars can be thrown off a little bit. There's a little bit of mystery. There's a little bit of excitement. This is inspired, but not necessarily a specific adaptation. And it fits directly into the universe that we've known on film and on screen but at the same time, you know, and, and does, you know, have a great deal of appreciation for, you know, the source material. But at the same time, it's not trying to be, you know, Zack Snyder's Rings of Power. You know what I mean? Like, it's not trying to be specifically, or rather, I should say, like, Zack Snyder's Cimmerillion or something like that. Like, it's not trying to be that. It's much more of a an Infinity War plus in-game rather than an Infinity Gauntlet. You know what I mean? Like, taking a lot of aspects of the source material, a lot of visual aspects, like the story, a lot of the story elements are very similar, but making it its own and taking advantage of its core, you know, film universe rather than specifically relying overly heavily on what came before in the books. That might be controversial to say that that's a good thing, but I do. I think that's a really good thing. I think you have to tell a story for the medium that it's in. And I feel like Rings of Power has done a pretty good job of that. I mean, it's been slow at times, but you know, I mean, hey, it's it's a Lord of the Rings thing. You know what I mean? Like this, it's gonna be slow at times. But I think all of this really is communicated the best when we look at the question of who is Sauron. Like throughout this entire series, at various points in times, I've been right and wrong about the identity of Sauron and the identity of the stranger. In fact, when uh, a homeboy pretty dude uh, guy on the boat thing first showed up, I'm like, I bet that's Sauron, like chilling out here with Galadriel and she's looking for him and he's here the entire time and there's some chemistry between the two. Like that, you just, you could see it play out. And then later on, I'm thinking like, well, you know, if this dude like the king of the kings, that, may, that means he's actually the witch king. That's kind of cool. Like what, that, what a weird twist to actually focus on the origins of the witch king, which by the way, they probably will still do in this series in the coming seasons, which is kind of fun. But then he has that exchange with the dark elf dude. Who's like, I killed Sauron. It's like, do you remember me? No, I don't remember you. Okay. All right. All right. We start seeing it there. And then with the uh, stranger falls down from the sky and I'm like, I bet that's Gandalf doesn't make sense in terms of the timeline, but it does make sense if they're trying to kind of tell their own story and use the assets that they've got and everything else. And granted, I don't think they ever called him Gandalf, but I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> he was quoting Gandalf. He was quoting himself in the future or establishing things that he will quote in the future. So I'd be like, yes, that is clearly now known to be Gandalf. And I really, really liked this because throughout this entire season, there's been this theme of characters that are finding themselves at the the precipice at kind of this essentially pulled between light and darkness and that is a massive theme 
of this entire season and perhaps even of the series going forward. And even with characters like Gandalf, who in no way is pulled towards darkness by dropping him down, giving him amnesia, having kind of a cult that believes him to be, you know, the darkness incarnate, essentially, like it allows for this confusion, at least for us as an audience, wondering where this character is going to fall. And perhaps as other people around him are wondering this, and as he sees the destructive force that he has access to, he fears his own power because he recognizes that that power can be used for destruction. I think that the way they did the things with uh, with Gandalf was really, really fascinating. I like the way they actually you know, portrayed uh, this kind of exploration of who is Sauron and, and all that kind of good stuff. Let's talk about that though real quick. Because this became such the question to be spoiled by the end of this series. My biggest gripe with this series so far, or at least with the season or with the season finale, has to do with the marketing. Because you pop it up on Amazon, which is how we're all watching it, you pop it up on Amazon Prime, and the first thing you see, a big banner image, and it's of Sauron wearing the helmet, spiky helmet, and everything else. And I gotta tell you, that kid's frame, like, he's skinny lanky tall right which is not necessarily like we know that gandalf is tall too but he's not nearly as like you know not scrawny but i mean like just really you know just a a, a slender dude okay the gandalf dude is not nearly as slender has not been portrayed as slender as the dude that uh, that ends up being sauron and so when you see the character and kind of the outline of the character and the helmet and everything else as soon as i saw it before even hitting play i'm like oh it was pretty boy dude from the raft okay all right well and then like even like you get in like your Sauron at the you know first 10 minutes of of the episode I'm like okay well that's a misdirect cuz we've seen the image over there and everything else and so that kind of spoiled it for me. Maybe that didn't do it for you but that kind of spoiled it for me. We finally get to see the creation of the rings. I was thrilled to see that. Surprised the Mithril was actually used for that. I suppose it does make some sense, but I really thought it was going to be the star, like the uh, or the um, you know, necklace that we see in the future. But this idea of desperation leading to the various races of Middle-earth turning to these rings of power, I think is going to be very interesting. My guess is throughout this season, we saw the creation of the rings for the elves. Hopefully next season, it'll be a lot more dwarf forward and we'll see more of the creation of the dwarven rings, which I think are really fascinating and very different from the elven rings. The elven rings in particular are very different from all the, all the rest of them. Now that we actually have kind of these different players landing on the side of good or evil or light or darkness, you know, we can kind of start to see a little bit more of a traditional story. And my thought is that while I have enjoyed this question of being, you know, of these characters and, and where they're going to fall on this kind of evil darkness spectrum, I recognize that so many people appreciate about Lord of the Rings the fact that there is very clear defined good, evil, black, white, that sort of thing. Going throughout this series, my guess is the spectrum nature of things will probably be cleared up a lot more and perhaps be a little bit more palpable for people who, who like that about this franchise. So overall, I really enjoyed this season and I really enjoyed this season finale. I thought it was a strong season finale. Yes, it kind of the series series as a whole dragged at times and that sort of thing, but I feel like there's some good energy going forward. I am a little perturbed that the old hobbit dude who is like like the most bilbo hobbit i've ever seen since bilbo like constantly complaining about everything else the old goat they called him i i, I kind of hate that he died um it was sweet 
but I kind of hate that he died. So that's unfortunate. But at the same time, I guess we're not really keeping any of the the hobbits except for Nori. So we'll see what ends up going on there. It establishes this this notion of of Gandalf and the hobbits. Maybe she'll find some pipeweed, or maybe she'll when she comes home, they'll all have settled in the Shire and they've they've got pipeweed. Where are the pipes? Okay. Still biggest gripe. Second biggest gripe. Third biggest gripe. No, first biggest gripe. No pipes. Where are the pipes? Get the pipes. We need the pipes in this. All right, that's going to get it for me. Let me know your thoughts on this series as a whole. You can head over to tvtalk.fm to find all of our contact information and more. Y'all, I've been really busy on a new project that is getting announced on Wednesday. So uh, stay tuned for that. Looking forward to sharing more about uh, that with you. You'll be able to see more about it on our Twitter channel, all that kind of good stuff. That's going to do it for me for today. But don't worry, I'll be back in a flash. (laughs) 